Good morning, my name is Lauren North and I'm a junior at Coopersville High School. Today's service is entitled Clean, Made New by Living Water. A couple of weeks ago, students from One Way Youth Group got together for a prayer night and a time to listen to what God had in mind for the service. Things that we heard were clean, living water, oceans, and made new. We put all of this together to shape the service for you today. Now, living water is referenced many times in the Bible. One way this is used is through the spring of living water. The spring of living water is a metaphor for God giving us eternal life. He tells us time and time again that the only way to heaven and eternal life is through him. God is using living water to wash our sins clean and give us a new life with him. I know that we face trials every day and the lies we experience are always present. I also understand how hard it is to not lose sight of what God has promised us, to help guide us and give us a way to him. He gives us his son, the Lamb of God, which in Revelation 7, 17, he says, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. When I told Dory I wanted to speak, I really had no idea what it would be about or what I would find. But as I was researching verses about living water, one of the ones that came up was Revelation 7:17. Now, this was the day after I had volunteered, so I left it at that for the week. However, I kept thinking about this verse and what it means, because to me, it first, when I first read it, it sounded like any other verse about living water and how God will cleanse you. But the more I thought about it, the more it stood out. Now, the reason this stood out to me wasn't the part about the spring of living water, particularly, but what hit me was the part about the lamb being our shepherd and bringing us to the spring. This, to me, was the important part of the verse because, because it shows God will always find a way to bring us back to his word. The lamb of God, being Jesus Christ, was sent to earth to give us eternal life. And this verse is that reminder that God has sent his son to clean our hearts and take away our sins, giving us a chance at eternal life with him. Another reason the part about the lamb being our shepherd stood out to me was because it reminded me of the parable of the lost sheep, where the shepherd leaves the rest of the sheep and goes and looks for the one that is lost. In my mind, these are similar because God is willing to come find us out of the dark times that we are in and when we don't wanna follow him, he will always be there to bring us home and lead us to the living water. The Lamb of God brings us to his word and to his light. He will wipe away our sins and sorrow and it is through him alone that we receive the word and have eternal life. I think this verse is an excellent reminder of, the, of God's goodness and grace and the promises he will fulfill. Thank you. Hi, my name is Addie Keller, and I'm a freshman at Coopersville High School, and I attend One Way. I don't really wanna be up here today, but I felt something pulling at my heart, so here I am. 
John 7:38 says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus says this during the festival of tabernacles. People are doubting who he says he is, which is the Messiah. On the last and greatest day of the festival is when Jesus says this. By the water he meant the spirit, which the people who believed in him were later to receive. By believing that Jesus is the Messiah, you will have the spirit in you, therefore going and making disciples of all nations like God wanted us to. The living water in you will flow. It won't stop because you messed up. It will flow be continuing on till the day you die. It will make you clean until the day you die. I don't mean that you're physically dirty, but that your past and future ask actions are gonna be dirty. I have always been the problem child. I'm the youngest, it's my job. <laughs> but the things that I say and do are not always pleasing to God. I did so many things wrong when I was a kid that I thought that Jesus slash the spirit slash the living water were gonna lead me. In BBS every year, I would do the thing where you invite Jesus into your heart over and over and over again. My mom told me that he would never leave me no matter how badly I messed up. I remember that every time I do something bad and I ask for forgiveness. This is not an excuse to screw up over and over again, but to know that he will make you clean because you believe in him. He will never leave you no matter what. He will always make you clean again after you mess up because you know that he is the one and only God who will never forsake you. I know that I make mistakes and I'm 100% positive that you know that you make mistakes too, but you just gotta know that God will always be there to help you through it if you let him. He won't judge you for what you have done even if you, he doesn't like it, but he will sit with you and hold you close. The most important thing that I want you to take away from today is to ask for his forgiveness. If you don't ask, it won't come and then you'll have to feel that weight of guiltiness and regret. And we all know that you don't want that. Come clean with him and tell him how you feel. He already knows and still loves you, so you don't have to worry about that. Just let that living water in and believe in him.
What up, church? Today we're going to do things a little different than you're probably used to. So what we're going to do is we're going to have Carter start with a prayer. After Carter prays, it's up to you guys to fill in as prayers you feel led. After it gets awkwardly quiet, Jake is going to wrap it all up with a final prayer. All right, will you bow your head and join me in prayer? Dear God, I thank you that we are gathered here today for this service, and I thank you that these kids are willing to step up and teach as that's probably out of their comfort zone. And I pray for peace over everyone in here today. All right, now if you feel led to pray, just shout it out, and when it gets quiet, Jake will finish. Dear God, thank you for this great service we've got to have today, for the church letting the youth group run the service, and I pray that this message had a positive impact on everyone that heard it, and I pray that you help us seek you heading into this upcoming week, and I pray that everyone here gets something helpful out of the upcoming sermons. Amen. Hello, my name is Stephanie Collins, and I'm a junior at Coopersville High School, and I attend One Way. Um, with, a perf with a heart full of gratitude and a renewed spirit, I share a profound testimony, a journey through the complexity of grief, depression, and anxiety. At the age of 13, I faced the loss of my beloved grandpa, a pillar of love and wisdom in my life. Little did I know that this would set the stage for a defining period marked by the weight of depression and the relentless, rip relentless grip of anxiety. The pain of losing my grandpa felt like a storm that had swept through my heart, leaving behind a bare landscape of sorrow and confusion. As I grappled with the heaviness of depression and the relentless waves of anxiety, I often felt lost and alone. It was in these moments of deeply felt darkness that I turned to God's word for support and found refuge in the living water of Christ. The symbolism of water in scripture took an intense significance in my journey. Just as water sustains and revives, the living water of Christ became my sanctuary, a source of refreshment in the dry landscapes of despair. In John 4.14, Jesus declares, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This Living water became a metaphor for faith and healing, flowing into the dry and broken areas of my life. The depths of my anxiety and the lows of my depression, I found nourishment and strength in the promise of eternal life that only Christ could provide, similar to the life-giving properties of water. Yet my journey took a darker turn, and, my, and I found myself at the edge of despair, attempting to escape the pain through a moment of unimaginable darkness. It was in that desperate moment that God's grace intervened, reminding me of his unwavering love and purpose for my life. The profound truth of Jeremiah 29:11 became a flicker of hope. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. God's love embraced me in that agonizing moment, offering peace that surpassed all understanding. Psalm 34, 4 became my anthem. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. The peace that flooded my heart was not of this world, but a divine assurance that God held me in the palm of his hand. John 7, 37 through 39 holds a special significance in my journey. 
On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood, stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit, who those who believed in him were later to receive. This passage beautifully summarizes the transformation I experienced in my faith. The living water of Christ not only quenched my thirst, but became a fl flowing river of hope and renewal within me, brought forth by the spirit that sustains and guides us. Prayer, like a gentle stream, became my lifeline, a sacred conversation with God who understood the intricate details of my pain and struggles. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 became my guide. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Just as the lyrics proclaim, your grace abounds in deepest waters, I have experienced the truth of these words in the depths of my struggles. It is in those profound moments where the waters seem overwhelming, your grace becomes an anchor grounding me in your love. In the vast expanse of life's deepest waters where uncertainties loom and darkness threatens to consume, your grace shines bright. Your grace and ever-flowing river carries me through the challenges of grief, depression, and anxiety. When the waves of despair attempt to pull me under, your grace lifts me higher. It's a grace that surpasses understanding, a balm that heals the wounds of a grieving heart and a glimmer of hope in the darkest hours. In the embrace of your grace, I find comfort and strength. It's a grace that doesn't merely skim the surface, but reaches into the depths of my soul, bringing light to the hidden corners of pain and sorrow. Your grace thrives not only in the calm waters, but in the turbulent seas of life's trials. It's a grace that navigates the storms with me, providing comfort and peace, even when your waters are rough. In those moments, I find refuge in your promise that your grace is sufficient, and your power is made perfect in weakness. So Lord, I testify to the grace that flows in the deepest waters. With a heart full of gratitude, I testify to your faithfulness in every trial. Your grace, like an endless ocean, carries me through. I am secure in the knowledge that your love knows no bounds. Through the ups and the downs, God's word in the living water of Christ became a river of faith carrying me through the storm. I'm a living testament to the trans transformative power of faith and the healing grace of God. In my brokenness, I found strength. In my despair, I found hope. And in my darkest moment, I found peace that can only come from Jesus Christ. May my testimony serve as a testament to the enduring love of our Savior, who walks with us through the valleys and leads us to the still waters of his peace. Hi, I'm Callan Newman, and I'm a freshman here at CHS, and I attend One Way. Following the trend of clean made new by the living water, I'm going to read John 4, the story of the woman at the well. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but it was his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sichar near a plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob well was there, and Jesus, tried, Jesus tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, it was about noon. 
When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you the living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as, the, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who, who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I will not get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is that you had five husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet, for our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place that you worship, we must worship, is Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come to, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in the truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in the truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes to us, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it is still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper must be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another one reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what only you have not worked for. The others have done the hard work and, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them because he had stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you had said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man is really the savior of the world. On the way from Judea to Galilee, about an 80-mile walk for Jesus, he stops in Shachar, a small town in Samaria. A well was there, and, he sat up, and Jesus sat down by it around noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus asked her for a drink. The Samaritan woman is confused and says, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus, Jesus, oh, she says this because a Jew would become ceremonially unclean if he used a drinking vessel handled by a Samaritan, since the Jews held that all Samaritans were unclean. 
The woman asks literally how he was going to draw water because she did not understand that Jesus, the water Jesus gives is not physical. In John 4, 13 through 18, when Jesus tells the woman to go call her husband, you may think it's kind of strange that Jesus abruptly brings up her marital life and he just does this so she knows that he is not some ordinary guy at the well asking her for a drink. And it worked. The Samaritan woman figured that Jesus was some sort of prophet considering that Jesus had just called out her sins that I'm sure she was ashamed of. The woman says to Jesus that the Jews worship in Jerusalem and Jesus' response simply says, believe me, a time is coming when the Father, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Jesus says this in John 4, 22 through 24. The disciples returned from town about this time and were surprised that he was talking with the woman. Jesus says, Jesus says to the woman that he is the Messiah and she goes off into town where she told everyone how she knew what Jesus, how Jesus knew what she had done. In John 4, 29 plus John 4, 39 through 42, it explains. In this story, Jesus' love is demonstrated by changing the Samaritan woman's life and then the Samaritan woman going on to change other people's life by sharing the word of God. So the Samaritan woman got her water from Jesus all along, the living water. The sinful, unclean Samaritan woman was made new, cleansed in the living water of God. Thank you. Good morning. Many of you know me, but if you don't, I'm Naomi Smith. I am a junior at CHS. Hebrews 10.22 says, Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. The first part of the verse says, Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. I was reading deeper on this verse earlier this week, and I found this quote. It is through the unconditional terms of the new and better covenant that we can draw near to God with confidence as we boldly approach the throne of grace for mercy to find help in time of need. The truth is we can approach the throne of grace to find help. This past summer, I had many memory-making experiences. One of them included traveling to West Virginia in one way. I chose to do caving as one of the activities. Once our group got to the back of the cave, we had to do a blind crawl, which was in silence, with no light, and one by one. As you can imagine, this sounds terrifying. We had to sat, we sat there and my nerves were rising like fire. I instantly felt God telling me to pray to him, so I did. A little too soon, it was my turn to face my fear. As I crouched there waiting for the okay, God said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I got to the back of the cave safely, trusting God that he would help. Looking back on another experience from this past summer, God does help in every situation when we fully trust him. I had the opportunity to travel to Italy with a group from school. Although it wasn't a church group, a church trip, I still felt God moved. I enjoy seeing God's beautiful creation and even going to a city where many stories in the Bible occurred. Being an ocean away from my family brought me homesickness. It got to the point where I couldn't even call my mom and hear her voice. I would pray throughout the day for God to help me and get through this trip and my sickness. Now, eight months later, I realized I fully trusted God on this trip. I would have never gotten through this trip without trusting him. 
The next part of Hebrews 10.22 says, For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. We were purchased with the precious blood of Christ when he died on the cross. I can't wrap my mind around someone loving us so much that they would die for each and every one of us. One of the most famous verses is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Christ died for all of our sins to make us clean and be able to spend forever with him in heaven. However, we have to accept our faults and be forgiven. This will lead to the final part of Hebrews 10.22, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. I stated earlier today, it isn't our physical bodies that are washed with the living water, rather our hearts are. No external washing could purify the consciences of a fallen man or cleanse the blackened thoughts of a heart that is smeared with sin. A heart is cleansed by faith through the saving bullet of Christ. It is enabled to produce righteousness from the treasury of a clean heart. Once we are cleansed with the living water, we are accepted into the family of God. When thinking about acceptance, I love Romans 10, 11 through 13. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It doesn't matter what our sins are in God's eyes, he will forgive us when we ask. It is by faith in him that we have been made clean and our bodies have been cleansed with the pure water of the word. Our faith in Jesus has cleansed us using the pure water. In John 7, 38, it says, Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. We can share the gospel with others to keep the living water flowing. The living water symbolizes the spiritual refreshment that comes from accepting Jesus. This living water is given to all who trust in the person of Christ and his sacrificial work on the cross.